We've been studying about Joseph, and today I want to talk an important message about how to walk in favor faithfully. How to walk in favor faithfully. Would you turn in your Bible with me? And please, don't log off right now. Don't, okay, you've seen the worship, you've seen the videos. Please stay on for the whole service and don't flick around to another church. Follow through and let God teach us. And I believe God's got a great word for us today. Genesis chapter 39. Get your Bible out, put your notebook out. And uh, this is what it reads. I'm just going to read the first seven verses for now. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, bought him, paid a price for him. So what does that make Joseph? It makes him a slave. He bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord gave him success in everything that he did. Wouldn't that be great to be successful in absolutely everything? Joseph found favor in his eyes, and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything that he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptians because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything that Potiphar had in the house and even in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he didn't even concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now Joseph was well-built and handsome, And after a while, his master's wife took note of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. Well, we'll pick up that story in a few moments. But today I want to ask you, can you walk faithfully when you are shown favor? When something's going right. I don't know about you, but have you ever written two columns of the the positive or the negative about a situation or a decision that you're about to make? You know, in, in one column you put down all the good things, and then the, in another column you put all the negative things. In Britain, it's called the pros and the cons. Uh, you make a two sides. I mean, for instance, if you put down two columns about having children, I mean, the, there's lots of love in the positive, there's cuddles and there's, there's fun and there's feeling like, the, 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 you know, you're passing on uh, all the good things about you. That's the, that's the positive. Of course, on the negative, there's no sleep for a long time. Uh, there is worry. Uh, there is uh, providing. There are pros and cons to everything. Of course, when I was getting married to Kathy, I wrote down two columns, the pros, uh, the, the positive and the negative. And of course, in the positive, after I'd written 10 pens and I just had run out of ink, uh, you know, I just didn't get to the negative column because it was so positive. Uh, men, please learn these romantic tips from your pastor today. But you know, The two-columns approach is helpful, but it isn't everything. Because sometimes, in lots of our situations, there's a backdrop or an ongoing situation that's there all the time. You might write two columns down, uh, but in the background, 
you're not well. And there's something that is troubling you all the time. It, it may be that, you know, with the decisions you're facing today, perhaps you've lost someone and you're in grief. And that's the ongoing situation. Myself, I have my eyesight that, that affects decisions that I make. And I'm not comparing my situation at all, but to this story, there's a backdrop that we can't ignore that Joseph was placed in a situation that we actually find difficult to speak out today. In fact, it's one of my passions that we should speak out uh, against it today, in that actually Joseph was in slavery. That he was a bought, indentured person at this time. And actually, then he goes into prison. And without glossing over it or romanticizing it or excusing it or putting a Christian uh, gloss on it so it becomes the norm, one of the very important lessons of this story is that for us that even though there is the presence of evil, it does not mean the absence of God that actually Joseph was in a terrible, unfair, evil situation put there by his brothers, and yet God blesses him. Some people who read this story, they stop reading at verse, verse 1, and, and that's their focus. They say, oh, how terrible it is that he's, he's been abandoned by his brothers, sold into slavery, and now he's been bought as a slave. And, and actually their focus is they can't get past verse 1. But then there are some people that start reading at verse 2 and talk about his blessings and ignore the fact of the state that he was in. You see, here's the point, and this is a really important lesson for all of us, that we need to see that even though we recognize the whole situation and we recognize when evil is there, we need to see that God can still work anyway. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11 tells us a really important lesson from the Apostle Paul. He says this, I am not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances. Uh, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well hungry or fed, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Come on, say it with me at home. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. See, we're not glossing over anything. We're not saying that when people are uh, racist against you or, or when situations are difficult, we're not saying, we're not glossing that over, and we're not not recognizing that, but at the same time, in your disappointment and anger about the evil around us, understand that God can still work. Can I hear an amen on the feed? Come on, uh, people on Facebook, people on YouTube, people right now, say an amen, because you have to believe that whatever your situation is, God can still bless you, and minister to you, and work with you, and work through you, and work around you, God is still there. We're not glossing over anything or excusing anything at all. You see, the real question is, how do you do that? How do you stay faithful 
even in any situation, even when favor is upon you, even despite the circumstances? How can we walk whole despite some of the on things we're going through? You see, we've got to decide to be the Christ-like person that we're called to be. We've got to make a baseline decision One of the great quotes from Martin Luther King was Dr. Martin Luther King says, I've decided to stick to love because hate is too big of a burden to bear. Which type of person are you going to be today? Are you going to decide to be the Christ-like person? Are you going to decide to crumple under despair? Let's walk faithfully in favor. There's a few important lessons. In in verses 2 through 4 in this passage, the Bible makes it a abundantly clear. It actually labors the point that Joseph's blessing was found in God as his source. And that actually the reason why he's being blessed is because God is with him. The the language in verse 2, he prospered him. In verse 3, he gave him success. In verse 4, he had favor. He was entrusted. Verse 5, he was blessed. He had a blessing. The Bible is is laboring the point that God was with him despite his circumstance. You need to hear that. You need to hear the point that God is going to enter into all of our circumstances and begin to put favor on our lives and raise us up for his purposes. In fact, in the Hebrew language, these words for blessing and and being blessed, it's kind of that you're faithful in it for a while, and then there's a breakthrough point. There's a level step up point, and that's kind of what the, the language treats us. But I want you to learn some things about when blessing comes. Most of you would say, oh, I want to be blessed like Joseph. But understand there are some elements to that blessing. It's not just enjoyment like we, like we would imagine. It's not becoming a celebrity. That's not what blessing is. First of all, blessing means that you're going to have to carry some responsibility. Joseph became responsible for the whole house. Not just a responsibility, even a burden. That, that actually blessing means that you're going to have responsibility. When God blesses you, He gives you responsibility. The second thing is that you need to see that Joseph uh, walking in this favor means that he had honorable relationships. Blessing and favor means that you're going to have to be good about your relationships. He became Potiphar's attendant. That means that he was in relationship with him, a trusted relationship. Uh, Can I just ask you, how are your relationships? How trustworthy are your relationships? You'll never have the blessing of God unless you can learn to build your relationships well. The blessing may come and it may leave. The the sense of favor around your life is going to be found in good relationships. Responsibility, relationships. But the third thing about God's favor is that he asks us to be good stewards. Favor means stewardship. He won't bless you without you then being a good steward of it. See, Joseph had to manage the whole household, even in the fields and everything. You see, many of us want blessing. 
Many of us would say, give me favor, Lord. But you also have to see the elements that come with a blessing. More responsibility, better relationships, and stewardship where you have to be trustworthy. So I want to say, yeah, bless me, Lord. Give me favor. But also I want to say, okay, let me carry the responsibility. Let me hear that I need to get my relationships in order. Let me hear that I need to be a good steward. I wonder if God poured a blessing on you right now. Would it go through your fingers? Because you're not ready to hold that stewardship. The other thing I notice about this story is that we hear those terrible words in verse 7 of Potiphar's wife saying, come to bed with me. You see, to walk in favor, we have to understand that some boundaries will always apply to us. We need to understand that our changing circumstances don't change our moral duties. Some of us, the God has blessed us and touched us. And, and as we've been blessed, we've kind of relaxed a little bit of how dedicated we are because the more the blessing, the more busier we get. When Joseph was confronted with this out-and-out sin, you know, the first thing that he did was, he says, I can't do this because I'd be sinning against God. He still has first, his first relationship was with God, not to his circumstances. You see, if God blesses you, the boundaries don't change. The things that you're responsible for don't change. You must never change your ethics to fit into a changing situation. I think about if, somebody, if God blesses your business. And at first you're, you're tithing because it's not that much. But you, God brings you a blessing into your business and then, you, and then you think to yourself, I can't give away this much. But actually the boundaries don't change. And that was the same with Joseph. He said, I can't, I can't cross this moral boundary just because I'm in a good circumstance. I can't do this just to keep that circumstance going or thinking I'll keep that circumstance going. Actually, it would have all crumbled around here. The third thing that I notice about this story is that walking in favor does not mean you will be immune from attack. We have a strange idea sometimes as Christians when we think to ourselves, you know, when the Lord blesses me, I, I will never have a battle. No, <laughs> you'll always have a battle. You'll always have an attack. I want you to notice something about this story. The only time that Joseph isn't called by name is when he's under attack. And actually, there's a real key to that. That often when we're under attack, our identity is often downplayed or made of no value. The attack actually was a racial slur on him. If you read it carefully, Potiphar's wife said, Oh, this Hebrew was brought here to make fun of us or to make sport of us. She could attack his race, but she couldn't change him. There's a real lesson there especially in the times that we live in. There might be people attacking our race and there might be people not honoring our race. But actually, people can attack your race, but they can't change you. Man, if I was Joseph, I would have said, hey, you call me a Hebrew, you mean you're calling me God's chosen people? You're calling me the ones who God has placed his abundant life on? You know, people attack, 
but they can't change who you really are. And especially for Christians, this is a really important lesson. Remember your true identity, no matter who abuses you, and we're not glossing over that. And we're not saying that we need to move past that or ignore that, no. But no matter who abuses us, no matter who says things against us or against you, remember your true identity in Christ, because they may be able to attack you, but they can't change you. No one can change you, only God and you. You know the Bible says this, Paul reminds the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11, he says, remember your identity, remember who you are. He says, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus, our God. I want to read something over to you, and I'm going to bring this message into land in just a few minutes, just stay with us. But let me read this over you. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6, and it was read first to the Israelites, and now it's translated to the church. Let me read this over your life. For you are a people holy to the Lord, your God. That's who you are. That's your identity. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people his treasured possession. If you're at home right now, just say those words after me. Treasured possession. That's who you are. No matter who said what to you. See, favor and blessing doesn't mean you're not going to be attacked. But don't let people who attack you change you from being the Christ person you are and were always destined to be. Can I speak a word of healing over you? Can I speak that as a healing and a strength to your life that nobody can change you? Let me kind of wrap this message up by just saying one last thing. I want you to notice something. If you read the story on, obviously Joseph refuses this immoral choice and uh, she frames him and he leaves his cloak behind as he runs out the house and she frames him and tells a lie about him. Wow, this is injustice right here, people. And uh, the, the master comes back, Potiphar comes back, believes the wife, uh, even though she's lying and racially slurring him, and it's just injustice, and he is put into prison. But I want you to look at verse 20, if you've got your Bible, it says this, Joseph's master took him and put him in the, in the prison, and the Bible makes this little subtle point, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. I want you to notice that the prison that Joseph was put in is where the king's prisoners were kept. And that's where Joseph's life was heading. Hey, God's got the details of your life. Your job is to be consistent. Any change of season, God is setting you up to be used at your next level of your assignment. Some of you have had some change of seasons. Some of you, have, you feel like you've been put in a prison, but how do you not know that it's the king's prison? That it's actually a place where God is setting you up for your next assignment. You see, God's got every detail. Joseph was heading to be the assistant 
to the king and actually rule the nation. That was God's plan for him. And God puts him in a place where that plan can start happening. You need to see the changes in your circumstances as the next door for the God's plan in your life. For you to discover your purpose. I know that some of you over the next few months are going to have a difficult time perhaps in your job. Perhaps reestablishing your business. But God is setting you up for the next part of the plan. Can you receive that? You need to understand the, the injustice of this story. But also see the strong hand of God. I'm going to just ask the worship team just to come back. You see... Because it's important when a change occurs, even a drastic one, that you go back to being consistent, that you go back to doing what you know is the right thing to do. Going back to saying, well, when things hadn't changed, I used to pray every day. Have you stopped praying every day? When, when this drastic change happened, I used to uh, be kind and call my mother often. Have you stopped building relationships? You see, what you need to do is understand that in change, there are some things that you don't need to change. You don't need to change your devotion to God and your commitment to Christ. I wonder if today I could ask you, have you neglected something important that you used to do because the change that's been forced upon you has knocked you sideways? And is it now time for you to get back to who you know you should be? You see, I want to say this to you. When Joseph was placed in prison, he started to serve again faithfully and the blessing came again faithfully. That nothing actually really changed apart from the environment. Can I ask you, do you need to go back to what you know is right so that in the changes that you're going through, God can bring a blessing back into your life. I wonder if there's something that you need to do this week. What would be three little actions that if you did them consistently this week that would build for the long term? I wonder if you need to get back to some of the devotion things that you need to do. I wonder if you need to get back to some of the relationship and family things to do. Hey, mom and dad, when was the last time you had some fun with the kids? I wonder whether it's time now to get back to some of the things that you might have lost. Let's remember that God is our source. Come on, confess it with me. God is our source. And it's from Him that will lead us from this point. God wants to bless you, but He wants to give you responsibility with it. God wants to bless you, but some moral boundaries never change. God wants to bless you, and no matter what people may accuse you of or attack you, it won't immune you from attack. But it, God's blessing can only grow you and other people don't have to change you. But remember this, God has the details of your life. And even in a drastic change, even if your future is uncertain, understand that God is setting you up for your next kingdom assignment. Come on, come and pray with me.
Holy Spirit now, I pray that I will know that you have the details of my life and that you will set me up for that which you have for me. So God, in a mature way, despite all that what might be going on in my life, I ask you now, bless me. In Jesus' name, bless me.